Hammer, your daily news source when it comes to the Atlanta Braves as part of the Battery Power Podcast Network. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are and wherever you are listening, you are having a wonderful start to your Tuesday. Of course, you can find the Daily Hammer, the Battery Power Podcast, Road to Atlanta Podcast, and the podcast to be named later, all at BatteryPower.com, at BatteryPowerSBN, across all forms of social media, and free on all podcast platforms. Wherever you choose to listen, that's where we'll be for free. And make sure you hit that subscribe button, because we're typically going to have you know new content available four or five days out of the week, even with it being in the offseason to give you the latest when it comes to the Braves and Major League Baseball. My name is Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. When it comes to the Braves, here's the latest from Atlanta. And the latest is this. The 2022 season, as they mentioned on the Battery Power podcast, it has now officially come to an end. Congratulations to the Houston Astros. Whatever feelings any baseball fans may have about the Astros, I feel it certainty, certainly is warranted, but there certainly is some feel-good aspects to the Astros You know, winning the World Series. One of the more impressive postseason runs we've seen in quite a while, but several of their young talents, Jordan Alvarez, Kyle Tucker, just impressive performances, Jeremy Pena during the postseason, and Dusty Baker and Justin Verlander getting their first World Series title. It was an impressive run, so congratulations to the Astros. But of course, with the season Season now being over, we officially have entered the first full week of the 2022-2023 MLB offseason as teams try to put together the best rosters they can in the coming months before the 2023 season begins. And one of the biggest storylines for this offseason, just like it was last offseason when you had Corey Seager, Javier Baez, uh, Trevor Story, and others available the big, one of the bigger storylines will be where will several very talented free agent shortstops sign long-term deals? And a couple of things stand out about this free agent class when it comes to the shortstops, namely talking about Carlos Correa, Trey Turner, Xander Bogarts, and Dansby Swanson. Last year, I would say a year later, it probably could be looked at that the spending that happened last year on that shortstop market, you probably had several of the shortstops overpaid. Corey Seager, Javier Baez come to mind. You probably did see several of the shortstops that were signed last year be overpaid. And I feel that that is a fair point. But if anyone expects for the signings last year to potentially, you know, water down the expectations of what the shortstops could earn this offseason, the one counter that I have to that is not only the fact that you have some very talented options that are out there who are still in their prime, but the other big aspect of this offseason is that you have several of Major League Baseball's biggest spenders who also happen to be teams that are going to be the most focused on competing in 2023. They have a need at the shortstop position. The Los Angeles Dodgers, the best team in baseball last year, their shortstop is now a free agent. You've got the Braves, one of the top five teams in baseball during the regular season. Their shortstop is a free agent. The Twins, who want to be competitive, their shortstop's a free agent. You have the Yankees and other contenders, the Cardinals, who potentially could be in the shortstop market. The Phillies, who came within two games of winning the World Series, they clearly could use an upgrade at the shortstop position. So not only is some of baseball's biggest spenders, but also some of the most successful teams in 2022, those teams are going to be the ones looking to make 
the shortstop upgrades. And so I feel like the interest and the number of suitors in each of the four shortstops that I mentioned, that is going to allow for Swanson, Bo um, Bogarts, Correa, and Turner to likely get offers in the area that they feel that they're worth. So if there's any type of hope for discounts or getting good value, what have you, or if there's any, you know, potential expectation out there that perhaps the contracts this offseason may be less because of last offseason, I don't see it. I think that teams are going to give these guys what they want. And from there, we're going to see some pretty, pretty lucrative shortstop contracts. And of course, when it comes to the Braves, that means the hope of potentially getting Dansby Swanson on some type of ho uh, hometown discount, it's going to be hard to do. We've already seen reports that the Braves had made an offer somewhere around the $100 million mark in, in the during the season, and it did not wind up getting an extension done. And Fangraphs wound up releasing their top 50 free agents on Monday, looking at the contract predictions for many of the top free agents. Not necessarily predictions of where the players will sign, but what type of contracts these players could potentially sign in terms of dollars and cents. And Trey Turner was number two on their list. Um, Carlos Correa was number three. Xander Bogarts was number six. And Dansby Swanson was number eight. And the thing that stands out is, is that you saw the tiers of this shortstop class. Turner and Correa were on their own tier with Xander Bogarts right behind them and Dansby Swanson right after that. And the expectation is that Turner and Correa will probably each sign somewhere in the seven, eight year mark, maybe around $30 million per season. So you're looking at contracts seven years, 210, seven years, 220, eight years, 250 perhaps for both those players. Could one of them potentially, especially Correa, could one of them, you know, come close to what Corey Siegel earned last um, offseason? Perhaps, but I do think that you maybe will. One thing that you may see teams do is not go as long on these contracts. So you're looking at Carlos Correa and Trey Turner probably getting close to $30 million over seven to or over seven to eight years. Then with Xander Bogarts, Fangraphs mentioned six years, maybe $28 million. That puts you in the six-year 175 range. That is certainly paying Bogarts and expecting him to continue the excellent offense that he's put up so far in his career as he goes into his 30s. And then Dansby Swanson comes in at around maybe five to six years, 125, 140, 150 million dollars. That was the prediction for him from Fangraphs. And so this starts to open up the eyes a little bit to where we could see the money difference being for each of these shortstops. And without a doubt, Carlos Correa and Trey Turner, in my opinion, in terms of their all-around game, they are at a higher level than Xander Bogarts or Dansby Swanson. I'll be honest with you, David O'Brien of The Athletic in the Athletics Free Agent Predictions piece on Monday, he predicted that the Braves could go after Xander Bogarts. And, and I understand the logic in, in what he presented. And don't get me wrong, putting his bat in the Braves lineup would be absolutely exciting to see what he could do over the next few seasons. But the one concern that I have when it comes to Bogarts, especially with the fact that he himself is older, he's going to be entering his age 30 season going into next year, the thing that clearly stands out is that Bogarts is the worst defender and the worst projected defender moving forward at the shortstop position. That's relevant when it comes to the Braves because Austin Riley, who you just invested 10 years and $200 million into, Austin Riley himself 
is likely in time going to age out of the third base position. Or at the very least, he's not going to be a plus defender as time goes on. If you put a shortstop next to him that also is not a plus defender, and Bogarts is a few years away from needing to move to third or to a DH position, you've got a lot of money invested long-term in a left side of the infield that is hardly offering any value, maybe actually liabilities, when it comes to defense. I don't think that the Braves are going to be looking to do that. I think that defense is something that's going to play into what the Braves hope to do, especially when you consider they're coming off their own free agent shortstop in Swanson just winning his first gold glove. So I'm not saying it's out of the realm of possibility the Braves go out and sign Bogarts. I just think that defense with him is going to be a relevant factor, and in general it's going to be a relevant factor. That's why I think Swanson, Turner, and Correa make more sense as far as the Braves potentially pursuing a big-name shortstop than Xander Bogarts. But the other thing that comes into play then is what about the difference in salaries? At what point, while you certainly are correct in my opinion in saying that Trey Turner and Carlos Correa are at a higher level due to track record and potential than Dansby Swanson, at what point does Swanson become the better value signing long-term than Turner or than Correa? Now, don't get me wrong. I think that if the Braves want to go out and they want to invest $200 million in either Turner or Correa, my, my preference would be Correa. I have him as my top shortstop moving forward. If they want to go out and invest $200 plus million dollars in Turner or Correa, maybe above $30 million a year uh, on an annual basis over seven to eight years, I'm not going to complain. That, that would be a great investment. It would back up the fact that the Braves want to be a top five, you know, payroll in baseball. And it absolutely would make the Braves offense, you know, arguably, if not clearly, the best in the game. But it just seems as if that once you start talking about Correa and Trey Turner earning eight to $10 million more than Swanson each year. And over the long term, you're talking about potentially there being a 75, 80, you know, or higher million dollar investment over the life of the contract with Turner or Correa versus Swanson. It feels like at that point, when you're talking about 30 million per year for Correa and Turner versus 20 to 22 for Swanson, and you're talking about over the life of the contract, 75 to 80 or more million more to Correa or Turner than Swanson, it seems like you're starting to get into the area where Swanson's contract is going to be a bit more valuable. And we also know that when it comes to Alex Anthopoulos, who has made it clear that, you know, those seven, eight or longer year contracts or going $25 million or more per year annually on a player, it just does not really fall within the realm of what he's looking to do. Now, He's allowed for himself to have that flexibility from the contracts that have been signed by his young core, but I think that Alex Anthopoulos more likes the idea of the flexibility he has for his payroll year in and year out rather than that flexibility allowing for him to go and just make an absolutely huge free agent sign. So with that in mind, I think that with Swanson, the Braves already knowing who he is, him continuing to improve, and the defense that he could provide as he ages, I think that him, over five to six years at 22 to 25 million, that is going to be enough of a value for the Braves to want to invest in than them potentially going out and spending 30 to 32 million per year over seven to eight years for Turner or Correa. 
I would love the fact if the Braves want to invest that, getting a Correa or Turner added to this offense, added to this position player group would be absolutely outstanding. But at the end of the day, with the demand that's likely going to be out there for shortstops, if Turner and Correa wind up, you know, getting in that 210 to 250 range over seven to eight years, and Swanson can be had in a five to six year range, maybe 125 to 150 million, I think that you can clearly argue for the Braves, Swanson is the better value long term. But of course, before we get to, you know, really seeing how the shortstop market plays out, we still are in the midst of award season and both past and present Braves were recognized to potentially earn high honors later this offseason. They were recognized on Monday with some pretty outstanding awards potentially in their future. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So as I mentioned, fan graphs and a few other places started off, you know, the 2022-2023 offseason giving their predictions on, you know, what potentially, you know, pre-agent contracts could look like, what are some bold moves that teams could make. I know this time of the year, one of the most, you know, one of the things that, you know, many baseball fans look forward to is MLB trade rumors, top 50 free agent predictions. We'll see more outlets, sources, what have you, give their opinions. And so later this week on the podcast to be named later, you know, the the Daily Hammer on Friday, we'll have plenty to discuss when it comes to more sources giving their potential predictions about what the Braves could do. And heck, we may even see another move after the Braves, you know, traded for outfielder Sam Hilliard, which is a move that really intrigues me with, you know, the potential that Hilliard has. Though Again, at the end of the day, the overall move for Sam Hilliard likely just turns out being just a depth move that doesn't really add any value long-term for the Braves, but it could if, if the Braves can work it out with Hilliard. That was the first move of the offseason. Could the Braves make another move in time or in the near future? We've talked about it before. Alex Anthopoulos certainly has a history of doing that, so it would be interesting to see. But as far as what to look forward to later on this week, plenty of reaction to many other outlets, news sources, what have you, giving their insight as to what the Braves potentially could do and the out, you know, the, the outlook for Dansby Swanson and others when it comes to their offseason. But before we get to what happens with many free agents, what teams around baseball do in terms of their future, still need to certainly recognize you know, the performances of many players across baseball from 2022 and even players that historically are still in the running to hopefully eventually land in the Hall of Fame. And on Monday, there were a few announcements that were significant, not only for Braves players who were outstanding in 2022, but also for a few past Braves players to hopefully have another shot at immortality entering Cooperstown. The the um, BBWAA awards finalists were announced 
on Monday. And as expected, the Braves were well represented among the finalists in several categories. Max Reed was announced as a finalist for the 2022 NL Cy Young Award. Max Reed, who had, you know, his best season value-wise in 2022, a 5-FWAR season, and just he was absolutely outstanding before running into a bit of trouble, you know, in September and obviously the playoffs. But Max Reed was one of the top, you know, three, four, five pitchers in the National League for much of the season. He was announced as a finalist for the NL Cy Young Award for 2022. The other finalists for the award are also Sandy, Sandy Alcantara as well as Julio Urias. Now, I think that of the awards we're going to mention that Braves are up for, I think that Freed is the least likely to win the award. And I think that that just goes to the fact that Sandy Alcantara was absolutely incredible this season before he ran into a bit of trouble in September, especially that early September start that he started in Atlanta. I think Alcantara probably has the best chance you know, of anyone to win an award this year, and I think he's going to be the Cy Young. But I do feel it is a significant honor, significant recognition for Max Reed to even be among the finalists, not only speaking to his 2022, but again, as I talked about on last on the last Friday's episode of The Hammer, just how spectacular Max Reed has been compared to his peers over the last few years. Now, without a surprise, the one award that the Braves, you can almost guarantee, are going to take home, or at least a Brave is going to take home, is the NL Rookie of the Year Award, where Michael Harris and Spencer Strider, along with the Cardinals' Brandon Donovan, all were named finalists for the 2022 NL Rookie of the Year Award. We've seen a few outlets already award Spencer Strider the National League Rookie of the Year. Could Michael Harris split it and get the award from the BBWAA? That's a possibility, but this is probably going to be the most contested award of any because at the end of the day, you could see either young star win the award for the Braves. And then Brian Snicker was again among the managers for Manager of the Year, along with Dave Roberts and Buck Showalter. Now, I do think that with just how drastic and, and impressive of a turnaround that the Braves had in 2022, I certainly do think that Brian Snicker has a case to be Manager of the Year. But with the Braves coming off winning the World Series in 2021 and getting back you know, several key members in 2022, at the end of the day, the Braves being a top-five team, that likely was more expected than the Mets being a top-five team. So I think Buck Showalter probably has the best chance of winning Manager of the Year. But if you were to look at all of 2022, I can make an argument that Brian Snicker may have had done the best job of turning his team around to eventually get to where they were expected to get. So again, Max Freed up for the Cy Young, Michael Harrison, Spencer Strider up for NL Rookie of the Year, Brian Snicker for NL Manager of the Year. It'll be fun to see what eventually comes from these announcements as time goes on. But of course, this wasn't the only noteworthy recognition or noteworthy list of, of baseball players who potentially could get high honors as time goes on this offseason. On Monday, it was also announced that the Contemporary Baseball Era Ballot for the Hall of Fame, it was announced that players, eight players, could potentially have another shot at getting into Cooperstown when a vote occurs on December 4th. Now, the way that this works is, is that there's going to be 16 committee members, and each of those members are going to have three votes. Just like the regular Hall of Fame process, 
Each of the eight players that I'm about to mention, they will need to get 75% of those votes in order to make the Hall of Fame. So though it may seem as if this, you know, it is another opportunity for these players to make the Hall of Fame, they run into just as, you know, strict of a criteria to make it this time around than when they were in the regular process in the past. The names that are up for consideration, Albert Bell, Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Don Mattingly, Rafael Palmero, Kurt Schilling, and former Braves Fred McGriff and Dale Murphy. Now, at the end of the day, I think Murphy and McGriff should be in the Hall of Fame. They had the peaks, the longevity, what have you, to be in the Hall of Fame. And there's a bit of bias there as well. I also personally, you know, while I do think that it's relevant to consider the impact steroids had, you know, on baseball, I think that the overall success throughout their careers of Bonds and Clemens and Palmero, I think that they should be Hall of Famers. And I do think that, you know, Schilling and, and um, uh, you know, probably... Schilling, I think, has the numbers. When it comes to Don Mattingly and Bell, maybe they had the peaks. I don't know what the longevity was there. But my point is, is that you could probably make a case for at least five to six of these players to clearly be Hall of Fame worthy. But at the end of the day, they still are going to have to get the needed votes to get into the Hall of Fame. So, while five or six may be considered worthy from this list, you may only see one or two based off how strict the voting remains compared to the regular process, but at the very least, it is another opportunity. It is exciting to see both Murphy and McGriff have another chance to make the Hall of Fame, and hopefully we can be pleasantly surprised when it comes to the voting results later on this offseason. So Monday brought with it a lot of news when it comes to awards for past and present Braves, and it also begins to show what the industry feels there could be out there for the Braves, not only in terms of what Dansby Swanson could be, you know, worth and, you know, the likelihood of him returning to Atlanta, but what would it cost also for the Braves to go out and get the, you know, big potential move if Swanson is not the answer? Could the Braves go out and sign another big-time free agent? But if that is not, you know, we've not really seen that be the way that Alex Anthopoulos, you know, um, values doing things, could you see the Braves go out and make a surprise move to go get a shortstop talent that they feel once they bring to Atlanta could blossom into a significant level player? That is more along the lines of what we've seen Alex Anthopoulos do in the past. Maybe he once again has another surprise up his sleeve to fill a very important position for the Braves long term. But this is what makes the offseason exciting, right? This is what makes, you know, if we can't have baseball we at least can have the speculation and the excitement of this Braves team being even better in 2023 and beyond than it was in 2022. So for the latest when it comes to rumors, speculation, you know, and obviously actual news, make sure you tune into the Battery Power Podcast Network. The Battery Power Podcast itself, Road to Atlanta Podcast, The Daily Hammer, and the podcast to be named later. All on BatteryPower.com, at BatteryPowerSBN, across all forms of social media, and free on all podcast platforms. All you have to do is hit that subscribe button, and the next time you're ready for content, it'll be available for free wherever you listen. My name's Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. Until next time, we'll talk to you again soon here on The Daily Hammer.